Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. Dan Bongino. Aiming to stop free speech so the speaker can no longer speak is exclusively a far-left phenomenon. The Dan Bongino Show. I'm talking to moderates in the Democratic Party who are actually interested in what's going on, not blind lemmings walking off a cliff into an abyss of stupidity. Get ready to hear the truth about America. The rich did it. Yeah, the rich did it. They lent money to people who bought homes, and the people never paid the money back. Oh, wow, that sounds like a great business plan. On a show that's not immune to the facts, with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republican with Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hi-ho, Dano. You know, listen, I got a lot of young listeners out there. I can tell based on the emails I get, which are pretty voluminous from Hmm. college-age kids, men, women, and I really appreciate it, but on a... I know this is a political show, and I intend on fully keeping it that way today. But just let me open this up with a note to you, and I mean this. I know you hear all the time, like, oh, take care of yourself. You're going to get old, and you're going to get injured. I'm going to give you a little personal story here. (laughs) Folks, I'm not kidding. Like, I wake up every morning in unbelievable pain. Mm -hmm. It's not a joke. It's not a pity party. Listen, I did it to myself. I deserve everything I get. I did. I never listened to doctors. I never listened to my parents. I never listened to anyone. And after 22 years of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and football and boxing and every martial art known to man where I wanted to be the toughest guy in the room, I can now barely move. You know, Dan, that's what we have in common. I've never listened to anybody either. No, I think that's why we like each other so much. But I am dead serious. I can't can't move. I can't button a shirt. I can't Mm -hmm. put on a tie. I can't get dressed by myself. Hmm. I'm not, it's not a joke, folks. I don't usually talk about this stuff because it's not. It's not by no means. I did this to myself. I own it. I I I deserve everything I got. I do commentary. I told you I do commentary every day at one o'clock on NRA yep. TV. Which, by the way, you should check out. It was an unintentional plug, but NRA TV. I every day I come on with Grant Stitchfield. Do you know we do it from a camera in my home studio, and I can't even put the earpiece in my ear. Huh. My wife has to do it. I only bring it up because right before I got on the show today, after ro- after Rough Cuts this week, I was going to say Rogue Cuts. Maybe we should call it Rogue Cuts. Maybe we just found a name. Um, after Rough Cuts this week, my weekend episode which about working out and stuff like that, I discussed stem cells. And I tried to call the place in Vero, Vero Beach. And it's like, well, you know, you have to come in for a consultation first. And then I get it. I get, I'm like, I said to Joe, I don't want to do anything anymore without a contact. Anything. Yeah. Because the world is so unbelievably bureaucratic. I'm like, I don't need a consultation. I already had the procedure done. I just need to do it now. My Because, folks, now my right shoulder's falling apart. Mm. My I can't do anything. I'm in the gym in the morning. And some people know where I work out. And they, say, and they listen to my show. And they go there and... We'll chat once in a while, but they see me in the morning struggling. I can't do anything with my right arm. For a week, I've been doing one-arm bench presses. One arm. With one arm. Try doing that. I'm not talking about with dumbbells either. I can't. My right arm doesn't work now. 
and I need the stem cell done in my uh, the stem cell procedure done on my right shoulder, and I can't even get it. Well, you got to talk to this lady. Lady doesn't answer the phone, of course, in the doctor's office. Well, you got to leave her a message. I don't want to leave a message. I just want to go in there and get the damn procedure done. I've already done it. Yeah. You can't do anything without a contact anymore. Anything. And Joe knows another procedure, by the way, that I needed to have done too. It's not like yeah. anything weird, but. I same thing. Went to a doctor. Well, you need to have six thousand seven hundred and fifty-two tests first. I'm like, no, I don't. And yeah. then I found someone else who was like, well, you have to have one test. That's what we do in standard medical practice. But that other stuff is them just wasting your money and yeah. getting you to come back. Yeah, man. And of course, I was everything worked out great after that. But man, I'm just begging you, if you're younger, listening to this, please take care of yourself. I'm telling you, take glucosamine, take collagen, make sure after a workout you do some mobility stuff. Make sure when you're working out, you're not doing something stupid. Make sure when you feel pain, you take a break. I mean real pain. I'm not talking about the pain of of oxygen deprivation. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about like you've pulled or yanked or torn something. Do not go back like I did. Oh, work out through it. No, don't work out through it. Just don't. You are going to pay so badly. I'm telling you, I wake up every day in absolute like agony. I can't sleep on my shoulder anymore. I'm up all hours of the night. I'm just, I have a lot of young listeners, and I'm sorry to rant for three minutes there, but it's really important. Take care of yourself. That's the bottom line. All right. Yeah. Getting back to some regular stuff. Hey, folks, it's time for Trump to leave the Republican Party. There you go. Let me drop a bomb on you right there. I mean, let's just walk right into it. I, why beat around the bush? Hey, why, why, are you, why is he here? Why is he even staying in the Republican Party anymore? Listen, I'm a registered Republican, only, uh, and frankly, only because it enables me to vote twice. I, anyone out there outside of Trump who leaves the Republican Party in the primary season, I think is nuts because you forfeit away your right to choose in a primary. A lot of states, not all, but most states have closed primary systems, meaning mm-hmm. if you're not registered in a major party... Republican or Democrat, you can't vote in a primary. I don't know about you, but I want to vote twice, not just once. I like my voice being heard, okay? So I'm a registered Republican. I don't know what I share in common with the establishment Republican Party anymore, if anything, um, because I don't think they stand for anything. The reason I'm bringing this up is this thing with Corker, Bob Corker, who is a Republican senator from Tennessee, an old swamp rat of the worst kind. Corker and Trump are now in a back and forth Twitter war. And I, I, I get it. Listen, all the talk about Trump and Twitter. I totally understand. There are people who like Trump, think he should stay off Twitter. Fair enough. I, I'm just talking about the fight in general, not the not the way the fight's being conducted. Make mm-hmm. sense? They're fighting now. And Corker is not running for reelection because he's been there for like 7,000 years. And Corker's probably not going to win because he's a swamp rat in Tennessee. You can't run as a swamp rat in Tennessee in the era of Trump. So the story, as the story goes, he asked Trump for an endorsement. Trump said no, so he refused to run for re-election. So now that he's not running for re-election anymore, he's taken the he's taken the opportunity to attack Trump, yeah. who then, of course, attacks back on Twitter. And there's been this back and forth. The reason I'm bringing it up is there's a story in Bloomberg today, which I'll put in the show notes at Bongino.com. And thanks to everyone who subscribed to my email list. I think we got 600 new emails in the last few days. So I hope you like the articles I sent out. So you can listen to the podcast right on the link I send there too. But Corker, they're now saying a piece in Bloomberg today saying that, well, Corker may now scuttle the tax uh, the tax cut plan that Trump and the uh, and some of the GOP members of the House and Senate are putting out there because basically his feelings are hurt. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bob. So let me get this straight, Bob. You, you uh, Bob. You know, I wanted to say something there, but, but you're uh, yeah. I'm like, 
I can't. It's a physical guy sent me an email the other day said, I listened to my show with your kids. So I, I always have to keep this family friendly, but your, your feelings are hurt. <laughs> what? So let me get this straight. You run as a Republican on a Republican platform claiming you stand for principles, but those principles don't matter anymore because you had a nasty tweet sent out about you. Are you kidding? Bob Corker is an embarrassment. This guy really is an embarrassment. He is now on a full-fledged attack mode trying to damage the presidency because he got his feelings hurt. Why? Because he wasn't the secretary of state. Supposedly, he was in the running for that. So now there's talk that he may scuttle the tax plan. Now, if he votes for it, I think the tax plan is a decent one. I think it could be better, just to be clear on that. And I'm going to get into some of the numbers there in a second on that because there's some important stuff coming out on that. But... We're really worried now about people's delicate sensibilities being hurt when the country's in a massive fiscal crisis right now with the debt and the struggling economy. We're worried about one guy's feelings being hurt. Oh, man. I mean, it's like, is this serious? Now, Mm. Trump needs to leave the GOP, folks. I've done this show before, but just... Let me harp on some quick points here as to why it's not necessary for him anymore. Trump is taking all the downsides of the Republican brand, and there are many right now. They couldn't repeal Obamacare. They've been pretty feckless so far on taxes. They've done anything that's been accomplished so far has been accomplished by Trump. Neil Gorsuch, uh, the Neil Gorsuch appointment to the Supreme Court, Joe, lower yep. circuit court appointments. Um, yep. These these have all been very good. He's done very good in that front. The regulatory uh, a push for Trump to get rid of unnecessary regulations, including yesterday getting rid of the dreaded clean power plant rule, which yep. is going to put the coal industry out of business. Trump has done a lot of good things. I, I Again, I disagree with him a little on this push for trade and tariffs. Um, I, I don't think that's going to be helpful for the economy. But my general point here is that The good things that have happened, Joe, over the last six months have happened because of Trump. They've had nothing to do with the Republican brand anymore or the Republican Congress or House. Yeah, in spite of the Republicans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in spite of the, I mean, excuse me, the Republican Congress and the Republican Senate, even though Congress in the general term refers to both. But Mm. this is, why, why is he taking on the negative baggage of this party anymore? There's no point. Now, there are four things that, that the Republican Party label brand does for you if you're a politician and trump needs none of them so again i don't understand why he's taking on the negative baggage of these jokers okay number one ballot access getting on the ballots in the states trump can already do that most states you just need a signature in maryland where i had run before uh in florida it's like ten thousand dollars it takes or something to get on the ballot in where i ran there and i ran in maryland as well and in maryland it was only like i think it was a 270 dollar fee or something like that it's not a lot to get on as an independent you may need i think some signatures that uh, a percentage of the electorate but trump would have no problem doing that he's more than enough volunteers so ballot access non-issue So why be a Republican? They're not doing anything for him. They're actively fighting him. Secondly, money. When you're a candidate and you're running and you you take on the Republican brand, again, you're not doing it for principles anymore because the Republican Party, really, their principles are useless. Mm. Money. Trump doesn't need that. Trump can self-finance. Trump's also raising a ton of money himself. So money. Don't need that. Third, data. Data, you know, data, voter data, Joe, walk yeah. lists, where, you know, how to, who to call, when to call, what doors to knock on. Mm-hmm. Trump already has that. 
He's already got, as a matter of fact, he had his data guy on 60 Minutes this week, who was unbelievable, by the way, and gave a great analysis of micro-targeting, the ability to go into like small towns and figure out, he gives an example how in, I think it was Wisconsin, how infrastructure mattered to this small pocket of voters in Wisconsin, and they managed to target that small pocket of voters with infrastructure ads. Brilliant. So, okay, he doesn't need the GOP for that either, so wipe that clean. Because these are things, Joe, just to be clear, normal candidates need a major party for. Right. Money, ballot access, data. And finally, media. Running as an independent without like a big kind of name or platform behind you, right? Say like a Mark Cuban or a Donald Trump or a Mark Zuckerberg, right? Where you have a big media presence anyway. You know, Mark Cuban from Shark Tank yeah. and all the, you know, the internet companies he started. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, obviously from Facebook. Having the Republican Party nomination, I know this put put me on the map. It did help me. I'm not going to, you know, fake it for you. It did help me a lot. When I won the Republican Party nomination for the U.S. Senate in Maryland, you are the party nominee. That comes with a certain amount of media presence. If anything, Joe, just as a counterbalance to the Democrats. Mm-hmm. In other words, like when the media reaches out to the Democrat candidate, in my case, it was Senator Ben Cardin. Even though they hate you, the medium in Maryland, all of them do because they're all liberals. They out of out of a sense of even trying to sound fair, which they never are, Joe. Uh, they have to reach out to you and get a point. You know, well, Ben Cardin's talking about a tax hike. Dan, how do you feel? And then, of course, they'll they'll destroy everything you said and cut up your quotes. But still, it gives you media. The independents running in my race in that case, they they rarely, if ever, got that. Sometimes the media would reach out, give them a little courtesy, but it was rare. Trump, to say Trump needs media is ridiculous. That would just be absurd. So he doesn't need ballot access. He doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the data. He doesn't need media. What's the point? If this is it now, that Republican lawmakers, their delicate sensibilities are hurt. John McCain's feelings are hurt, Joe. Susan Collins' feelings are hurt. Dan, stop. Look, stop it. Murkowski's (laughs) feelings are hurt. Corker's feelings are hurt. Uh, This is, I mean, the country's (laughs) collapsing. We're watching this happen in front of our very eyes, and we're having conversations about whose feelings are hurt. I don't want to be a Republican anymore. I mean, this is where we're at. This is just pitiful. It's disgusting. I I strongly recommend to the Trump people that listen to this, and I know there are some because I get your emails. I, I know it's a bold step, but I just don't see the purpose anymore of taking on all the negative baggage of the Republican brand anymore while getting none of the positive returns. As a matter of fact, only getting negative returns from it. And I, your argument could be, which I understand some people would say, well, you know, then he's not going to have any natural constituency within the legislative branch. He doesn't have that now. Right, right. What do you mean? Like there are people who back him up now because they're Republicans? Okay, well, point taken. He's not going to have a party in the legislative branch to represent his interests. They're not representing his interests now. Let him leave the Republican Party, start the conservative party. I get it. He was not. Okay. And you're, I have to keep stopping myself. I'm so passionate about this. But your point may be that, well, Trump's not a conservative. I don't care what his ideology is. I care what he does. The immigration thing he just put out, conservative. The, uh, the justices he appointed, the justice of the Supreme Court and the judges at the circuit court and appellate level are conservative. The regulatory, deregulatory agenda is conservative. I don't care what's in his head. The uh, little sisters of the poor, which I'll try to get to, pulling the contraceptive mandate. That's conservative. I don't care what the guy said 15 years ago. 
Oh, well, 15 years ago, he said he loves Planned Parenthood. Okay, he's not legislating that way now, or, or, or well, he is the executive, but pushing for legislation is a more, be- is a precise way to, more precise way to say it. He's not pushing for legislation now that does any of that. He's pushing for conservative stuff. I don't really care what he said 15 years ago. The irony is, Joe, you have Republicans claiming to be conservatives saying conservative things now who are doing the opposite. Is that what you want? You want talkers and not doers or doers and not talkers? This guy is a doer. I'm, I, I, again, I didn't even endorse him. I was a cruise guy. He's doing stuff. What's the point of sticking with these clowns anymore? It's. It, I mean, it, it has just been a litany of failure. You don't look, have a natural constituency. What, like Obamacare? That helped them there? Let Trump, here's a strategy. Let Trump run now on a conservative party ticket. Take that name, whatever it may be. I mean, they had the reform party in the old days. That was kind of, you know, that went off the rails, but yeah. for, uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. Kooks had joined it and everything. And you can look up the history of that on your own. You'll see what I'm talking about. But whatever name you choose for the party, make it a genuinely conservative party. I don't care where Trump was 15 years ago. I care where he is now. And put out a, a citizen's contract. Put out 10 things we're going to do if I'm reelected as president under the whatever. The, you know, I don't care what the name of the party is. The Bromdingnagians party. I, I don't care. Call it whatever you'd like. Put out these 10 things and let the Republicans then run against it. Good luck with that one. Put it out. Put it where we want to drop the income tax rate by 20 percentage points. We want to push for nationwide school choice and a devolving of the Department of Education. Let the Republicans then come out and have to run against that too. Good luck getting reelected. There's no point anymore. There is no point in running with these guys. It has become a, you know, it's, it's odd that it's actually not odd given their obsession with themselves. But Corker puts out there, well, it's become like a daycare center at the White House. All right, I get it. You disagree with his Twitter behavior. A lot of people do. But how are you any different? Mm-hmm. This guy was was up Trump's caboose six months ago looking to be the Secretary of State. Now he's not running. And now all of a sudden, now he's brave, Joe. Now mm-hmm. he's brave. Now he's like, uh, Trump's an idiot. He's going to cause World War Three. That was the quote <laughs> that started the whole fight. The corker yeah. saying that Trump was going to cause World War Three. Yeah, it's Trump's fault. You're right. Trump started this with the North Koreans, Joe. The North Koreans, only after the Trump election, became complete psychopaths. This is just insane. This is beyond stupid. All right. I didn't intend, as always, to spend as much time on this, but it's important because we there are people out there who actually believe the Republican Party as it's as it's as as it's constituted now as a future, and I completely a hundred percent disagree. It's been a complete mess. And let me just be clear on one other thing: if you think for a second this is a suggestion at all that Democrats have any answers, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. Matter of fact, I'm hoping to get to that, too. A story I read today was fascinating, by the way, which I'll put in the show notes about how the Democrats' future is even worse. <laughs> they are. Everything the Democrats plan their future on is just gone out the window. It's been a mess. Okay. Uh, let's see. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Ah. Big fans of these guys. Uh, I'm going to talk about foundation today. Uh, I took foundation this morning, go to the gym early now, and I uh, really like it getting in there early. You know, I've, now that I have this NRA TV thing, I do it one. It's gotten kind of difficult for me to work out after the show. So I've been hitting in the morning. So foundation is a creatine ATP blend. Now, for those of you out there, especially 
military guys, MMA guys, your recreational weightlifters, people who are into yoga, people who need energy throughout the day because you work out in addition to going to work. This is a really, really good product. It's like having two gas tanks in the gym. And what I mean by that is you have two different energy systems in your body. This product targets one of them specifically. And here's what you need to do. Go take a log of your workout performance one day. Just take a a piece of paper and write down what you're doing in a couple exercises. Come back a couple weeks later after foundation loads in your system and then look back at your numbers. You're going to be pretty impressed. The stuff is incredible. And I always say take the mirror test too. It gives your muscles an incredible volumization effect. Matter of fact, my nephew really loves this stuff. He wants to drive up to get another bottle. I'm like, just order it. You'll save yourself some gas. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle of foundation today. Try that mirror test. I'm not kidding. Take the product for seven days. Just follow the instructions on the back. I take a little more, but don't tell Miles. And then look at yourself seven <laughs> days later. You're going to be impressed. It's really good stuff. You don't Go to listen Brick- to anybody, No, do you? never, ever. And that's why I'm in such massive pain today. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad you brought that up. But uh, BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. I know Joe likes it, too. Little Joe uh, digs it, too, right? Oh, he loves it. And it's working it's for him. I'm telling you, man. It's good stuff. It's serious, man. My, even my cop friends I send bottles to up in New York, they dig it, too. All right. So yesterday was Columbus Day. And the uh, endless angry, uh, the endlessly angry left continues there. Uh, a long enemies list, you know, statues, Cops, military people, the national anthem, the flag, football, and now we can add Christopher Columbus. And I just wanted to bring this up again because it describes just how the left, their entire, their, their, everything the left is about is fueled by anger, by, by, by faux outrage, by endlessly seeking victim status. Uh, if it's not white privilege, it's Christopher Columbus. If it's not, you know, Christopher Columbus, it's, it's, uh, you know, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. If it's not Christopher Columbus, it's Confederate war statues. Folks, have you ever noticed how the left is endlessly angry about everything? Now, mm-hmm. I brought this up before in the show, but it's worth considering again after yesterday's show as an example of why you should discount these people completely. And if you choose not to discount count them. I encourage you to join the fight against them. They are endlessly angry. Um, They're just not good people. Now, Christopher Columbus, I'm not, this is not, I'm not going to go into a history lesson on Christopher Columbus, but I, I just find it ironic that all of their fights always end with the same common denominator. And that common denominator is that America sucks. Um, Despite no evidence that anything we've done is uniquely bad. We are always uniquely the worst. So they'll say, like their attack on Christopher Columbus, they'll say things like, well, this started the you know transatlantic slave trade, as if that was Christopher Columbus's intention when he left, which it obviously was not. Um, and, and, and as Tucker pointed out last night, folks, slavery has been a stain on humankind. Slavery, though, just as a matter of fact, was not a unique stain on the United States. It was a stain nonetheless, but slavery existed all over the world, even amongst the indigenous people who were here in the United States beforehand. I mean, this is not difficult to understand. I mean, matter of fact, I'm reading a book right now. I'm almost done with it. Undaunted Courage about the Lewis and Clark operation, uh, which was re- operation, typical like law enforcement way to describe the operation. <laughs> And I, it's a great book, by the way, really long, but it's a great book. I'm almost done with it. And there's there's talk in there about how, you know, Indians and they would how the uh, the, the Mandans and they would raid each other's camps and take uh, take slaves and the women and the children. I mean, this was this was not a uniquely American stain on our country. The point I'm trying to make is that 
judging us by characteristics you don't judge other people by proves that your target is America and not, in fact, what you say it is. Your America's always the worst. Well, you know, Columbus, Columbus discovered America. Therefore, America is uniquely bad. And what happened in America is uniquely bad. Although, you know, the discover the Western civilization and the founding of Western civilization here has sprouted prosperity, has sprouted liberty, has sprouted very unique ideas that happened here that changed the world everywhere. The left hates that. And you have to remember, folks, there's a vacuum on the left. There's no grounding principles. Whereas on the right, we're true conservative, not sw- true conservatives, not swamp rat Republicans, right? True mm-hmm. conservatives are bedrocked in the idea of liberty and freedom. Now, I get it that that's a, a, a talking point for a lot of people who use it when they run for office, but it's not here. If you believe in true liberty and freedom, what you believe in rights, big R rights granted by God, you know, that gives you a certain sense of, of place in the world. That you are here for a purpose, a higher purpose. You're not here as a piece of meat. You're not here as some part of an economic calculation. You are here as part, you're, you're, you have a higher purpose. I firmly believe that that's what prevents conservatives from this constant, endless, you know, uh, liberal, you know, like liberals have this anger campaign. And, and the way I wrote it here, just to take note of it, is that liberals, you know, they live in this vacuum, they have empty lives. Their lives, they don't, they don't stand for anything bigger. So in addition to using rage to gin up votes, which is what, by the way, a lot of, uh, of uh, liberal politicians do, like the statues, and all, they'll gin up anger to gin up votes. Mm-hmm. Men in the women's room, they need a reason for you to be angry to turn out to the polls. And what they do is they start an issue knowing the Republicans will take a stand against it and they use the Republicans fight against it to get people to believe that people hate Republicans. The transgender bathroom thing was a perfect example. Nobody had mentioned this, you know, before a few years ago. Now all of a sudden it became a big deal. It was to get Republicans to take a stand and say, wait, men belong in the men's room. And then for people to say on the liberal side, look, Republicans hate people who are transgender, which is nonsense. But it's this endless vacuum they live in, and they're constantly seeking out new ways to be angry. And Christopher Columbus was a typical target yesterday. The point is, folks, it's just not going to end. It's never going to end. This is just the way it is. It's just, you know, it's just not going to. It's just, I mean, I woke up this morning, like, I was just pissed off about the libs. Because I'm watching Tucker last night. People attack Columbus. And then you wonder, like, what's next? Is the District of Columbia, Washington, D.C., we going to change their name? You know, and I saw an interesting PragerU video. They say we're talking about the Massachusetts uh, state flag that has a bow and arrow and an Indian on it or something. Are they going to change that? I mean, what, what's get, when is it going to end? I mean, is it ever going to stop? And the answer is no, because liberals can't survive in a vacuum, uh, in a moral and liberty loving vacuum. They don't love it. There's no liberty loving there. It's a vacuum, a moral and ethical vacuum. They have to survive on anger. That's all they have. They will always search for a new reason to be upset. And remember, the denominator with them is we always suck because they have to keep people focused on the negative portions of America's history because when you, it, it blinds them from the obvious that we are the greatest country on earth due to liberty and freedom. They can't have that. Liberals need you to believe in the power of the state, not the power of the individual, and certainly not the power of, of God and God-given rights. That gets in the way of their state-driven agenda. Okay. Um, interesting story I saw today, which I'll put in the show notes in the Wall Street Journal, more of a report, I should say, about millennials and how the Democrats have... This is a great one, by the way, and this should put a smile on your face. I know it's been kind of a macabre show. I'm sorry. I started out and talking <laughs> whining about my shoulders falling apart again. 
But millennials, the Democrats have put their entire electoral future into a basket of identity politics. And what they're hoping is that college educated Democrats, millennials, uh, millennials who are coming of age now to vote and actually in their mid 20s now and minorities are going to form a lasting coalition that's going to enable them to gain significant electoral victories in the future. This has always been their hope. I say that because identity politics has been the bedrock of that, a war on women, war on minorities, war on cops. They do all this stuff thinking they're going to appeal to specific identity groups, the transgender bathroom thing to appeal to the LGBT crowd. They don't really put forth a positive agenda. They just put forth identity politics. Now, there's an interesting piece. It's, It's not so much about the voting habits of millennials, but more about the economic habits. But I'm going to I'm going to tie the two together, I think, in an interesting way here. I was talking a little while ago about uh, a speech I heard Grover Norquist give one time in Queen Anne's County, Maryland. And in the speech, he cited some research. And, you know, I always like to link to stuff. And forgive me, the speech was at least four years ago. And I I can't recall uh, where he got the data from. I'm just going to be candid with you. But it doesn't make the point any less salient, okay? I just don't have it. I'm, I'm my sincere apologies. You know, I always back up my stuff. But during the speech, he made an interesting point that Regardless of your, uh, your 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 racial, you know, cultural, whatever divide is always breached by economic well-being. In other words, he was saying how the growing influence of having a four hundred one k, Joe, mm-hmm. that the more money you have in that four hundred one k, and the more you invest in stocks and bonds, equities, and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and the more your net wealth grows, the more likely you are to vote vote Republican. And regard, and the point he was trying to make is not that wealthy people vote Republican. The point is that success breeds voters who vote Republican. Mm-hmm. No, regardless if you're black, you're Hispanic, Asian, it doesn't really matter. And I thought, wow, that's a you know a, a really fascinating point because it, it one it explains why Democrats can't stand economic growth. You know, economic growth breeds a sense of individual responsibility, which detaches people from the state. I mean, if you're economically prosperous, Joe, you really don't care about state welfare benefits. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't affect you. You may care about them as they bankrupt the state, yeah. but you don't care about it as you per- personally. It doesn't really. It's not affecting your life. So the point was a good one, and I'm going to tie that into this piece because in this piece about millennials, it talks about how the Democrats may be in a little bit of trouble here because millennials, the largest. Uh, right now, cohort of people in the United States based on you know population size are 26-year-olds. And these 26-year-olds, Joe, are all now going out. Well, not all of them, but most of them. Let me give you the exact quote so I, I don't uh, spin. This is from the report. Let's see. Here we go. Talking about 26-year-olds. They make up, uh, well, actually, this is millennials, you know, 25, 26, right around there. But 26-year-olds mm-hmm. make up the largest number. They make up about 42% of all home buyers today. Well, I thought they don't buy homes. That's what the Democrats told us. They don't buy homes. It's the Uber crowd. They're not going to buy anything. It's the sharing economy. Eh, not so much. They make up 42% of all home buyers today and 71% of all first-time home buyers, according to Zillow Group. Some 86% of millennial home buyers reported making at least one improvement to their home in the past year, more than any other generation, Zillow says. Zillow, that uh, that home buying website. Folks, this is fascinating information, which should really, uh, if you're a Democrat, should really frighten you for 2020. Because if Norquist was right, which I think he was, and I, I think this is common sense, I mean, and, and that's why I'm bringing this up. I never, I rarely say things I can't back up with articles or research. 
But I think what Norquist says is common sense, Joe. You have mm-hmm. a party, the Democrat Party, which is lurched left, which is lurched towards the state is going to be responsible for planning your economic life. Then you have a group of millennials who maybe in college that wasn't such a big deal because your life is planned anyway. It is, right? I mean, yeah. you, give, you get your schedule from the college. Yeah. You get your meal times are determined by uh, when the college mess hall opens up. Mm-hmm. But when you get out of college and you're on your own and you're making your own money and you're 42% of all home buyers now, 71% of all first-time home buyers, all of a sudden the importance of planning in your life focuses on you. You become the center of control. You become the, the you know the 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 the, the locus here of, of attention. You're 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 that's you right there. In the middle, you are the center of your own sphere and you become more individually responsible, which leads you to decisions that are going to empower you, not people over you. And but the point I'm trying to make is it may not have bothered you in college that you were empowering the state over for your life, because frankly, you're just used to that point. One policies that don't really affect you because you're not in the real world. And secondly, you're used to having your life planned out for you anyway. But that switches completely when you leave college and you are, everything gets reversed. You now are impacted by tax rates and things that happen in the real world because you're paying them. And secondly, your life isn't planned anymore. You're subject to the chaos and the daily rigors of all of us. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, this explains why as people become more economically successful, they're more likely to vote for conservatism and Republican ideas or conservatism and what used to be Republican ideas. This does not bode well for Democrats, folks. They had this idea that this was going to be a lasting uh, fix for them, that these millennials who voted for Obama in the Obama era, and I encourage you to read the piece. It'll be in the show notes today. It's very good. But they had this idea that this was going to be some kind of a lasting coalition, Joe. And remember, I like to tie shows together, too. If you missed yesterday's show, I strongly encourage you to listen where I talk about how Democrats are starting to ideologically separate from black voters mm-hmm. who are largely conservative. Mm-hmm. A lot of black voters are pro-life. They, a lot of them don't support gay marriage. How the Democrats have moved left so that they've doubled down on the racial politics in the hope, Joe, that black voters don't notice the far left lurch the party's taken. The point I'm making here is tie yesterday's show to today's show. When black voters... And and I think they're seeing this now, but in large numbers, start to see what's going on. They're like, wait, 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 this is my, I'm not pro-abortion. I'm not pro-gay marriage. Mm -hmm. I'm not, and this is my party. As this awakening starts to happen, they're going to start to lose significant numbers of black voters, which is already, I think, happening. Not Not at a pace I'd like it to see happening, but happening nonetheless. Combine that with the fact that millennials are now becoming homeowners and are now becoming, and the uh, the articles about Home Home Depot, how a lot of these people are, are going into Home Depot and now they're buying stuff to improve their homes and they become homeowners. I don't know where the Democrats are going to go. And there's one more interesting analogy William McGurn makes in a piece that cites this piece. It's like they're both related in today's journal. They both cite each other, right? He makes the point that the Nixon era and the subsequent election against McGovern, where McGovern got wiped out and lost 49 states, yeah, he thinks is a harbinger for what may be coming in the 2020 election. Now, I'm not willing to go that far yet, but the point he makes is, 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 a, is a good one. That, that chaos of the, of the 60s, Joe, as that, those kids who were out there in the streets causing chaos became homeowners and parents themselves, 
They became Nixon voters. And you had one of the biggest landslides in U.S. history for the Republicans in 2020. So he's saying this. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah. That this loss of millennials or potential loss because they're now becoming homeowners and parents, et cetera, et cetera, in conjunction with this far left lurch of the, of the Democrat Party, just like McGovern did. McGovern was a was was a, was a, practically a socialist, right? Yeah, C- caused an electoral wipeout. That this may be, in fact, good news for Trump in 2020. And uh, frankly, I don't disagree, especially given the anger out there. But now, just to flip back to where we started, combine that with Trump leaving this dreadful party right now mm-hmm. and starting his own movement based on conservative principles. What we represent. I think you have a a recipe for a uh, a pretty heavy electoral win for Trump in 2020. We'll see. I could be proven wrong. We predicted the first one, Joe and I. Yep. Um, this episode's on tape, so we'll see. Maybe episode 565. Book it. Mark it. Keep it in your head. We'll see what happens in 2020. Hopefully, we're still on the air by them, and I'm not uh, dead from all these <laughs> problems I have going on. All right, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at My Patriot Supply. Uh, folks, preparedness matters. I think we've seen that with all these hurricanes. You've got to be prepared. Uh, get yourself a firearm, train with it, keep your body in shape, keep your food, keep your water, keep your house stocked. You never know where you're going to need it. Better to have this stuff and not need it than to need it and not have it. My Patriot Supply will send you a box of a one-month supply and a box of emergency food for just 99 bucks. $99 for the security of having a one-month supply. Folks, that could be all the time you need before food God forbid in the event of a crisis before the food stores get restocked. But I thought during Irma down here, we had a little bit of a supply chain crisis and a couple of the, uh, I don't want to be dramatic. It wasn't, you know, over, it wasn't that bad. We luckily, my wife and I had stocked up, but there was a problem getting a lot of food into the stores. Some of the warehouses were flooded. And I said to my wife, I kid you not, we were sitting in the living room and I said, imagine this was real. And the entire food chain supply and the stores weren't stocked for months. What would you, I mean, seriously, what would you do? Mm. I keep talking about the squirrel hunt. Some guy offered to send me squirrel <laughs> yesterday. I'm not kidding. Got an email about that. Thank you for that email. I read it. <laughs> what, what would you do? <laughs> you have emergency seeds in your house? You have any of that? I, I, I do now. But go to My Patriot Supply. And here's the website. It's preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com and pick up a one-month supply of emergency food today. I have now four boxes plus their fruit and veggie thing, all available at preparewithdan.com. Folks, pick it up, please. The best day of your life, seriously, is when 25 years you crack it and you eat it and you don't need it anymore. (laughs) But you don't want to have to have it and and, and need it and not have it. It's just not the way to go, especially from my line of work where I was a Secret Service guy. That's all we did was preparedness. Go pick it up, preparewithdan.com. Dot com. All right, Little Sisters of the Poor, I wanted to hit this. I missed this story yesterday because I got so involved in the first story we talked about. The Little Sisters of the Poor thing. This I Trump, re, here's how this thing worked. Trump rescinded in Obama era what I would argue strongly unconstitutional diktat uh, about contraceptives. And here's the way this was going to work. If you are a religiously affiliated organization, not necessarily a church, say like the Little Sisters of the Poor, right? and they have employees working for them, the Little Sisters of the Poor said, well, we don't want to supply birth control because it's a, it, it goes against our religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. 
So the Obama administration, sensing they were going to have a constitutional problem, but Joe, of course, wanting to use government force to jam down your throats everything Obama wanted mm-hmm. because it's more important for them to you know, force. Government force is what liberals do to dictate your life and how you're going to live it. They said, okay, well, we're going to make an exception. Here's what we're going to do. If an employee works for you and you don't want to provide these, these drugs uh, because they violate your religious beliefs, the insurer still has to provide them as part of the plan, but they will not charge you for the plan because the employer, and say it was the Little Sisters of the Poor or an organization right. they're affiliated with, they wouldn't have to pay. Well, the Little Sisters of the Poor rightly argued, well, money's fungible. That's ridiculous. We don't want any part of a plan or to pay a company that's, that's essentially providing that benefit. We don't want any part of it. You see what I'm saying, Joe? Like, oh, yeah. Whether we're paying or not, we're not going to pay the company to then provide the services. Oh, well, we're not, you're not, your money's not, how do you know that? What is it? The Little Sisters of the Poor money goes into a separate, like, Little Sisters of the Poor file. <laughs> the money's exchangeable, fungible. Like, it moves around in the company. They said, we don't want any part of it at all. We are not funding these types of plans. I'm sorry. So, of course, the Obama administration, for, again, in love with force, had to double down. Trump gets into office. Trump says we're, we're rescinding that. Now, of course, the ACLU, which is fascinating, the American Civil Liberties Union, amazingly, is now saying, well, we're going to sue for the right for the government to force people to do things they don't want to do. <laughs> this is the ACLU suing on behalf of the government. Folks, here's the takeaway from this. I like to sum these issues up because so you can talk to your liberal friends. Your liberal friends will say, Oh, it would be taking away women's access to health care. This is not an access issue. This is not an access issue. This is simply an issue of government force. How, please explain to me how access to birth control is limited. Any woman anywhere in the country, tell me, tell me if any of this is factually incorrect. Any woman can go to a doctor and request a prescription for birth control. You may not get it because of a complicating medical condition, but Joe... Is yeah. anything I said there false? Any woman could do that. Yeah. So it's not an access issue. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's just simply a matter of who's paying and who's forced to pay. That's like saying, you know, I don't have a car, so I don't have access to transportation. That's completely factually incorrect. That's a logical fallacy. You have access to transportation. You just don't like it. Right. You don't like buses. You don't like subways. You don't want to rent a car, and you're not happy with it. Well, you being not happy with your transportation options options does not mean that you don't have access. You being not happy with your birth control options does not mean you don't have access to birth control. That, again, is a simple liberal lie. Very easy to refute, but liberals keep saying because liberals aren't interested in the truth. This is simply an issue of government force. You have to ask yourself, who in this transaction... Who are the people being forced to do something against their will? The only question here is the person working at the Little Sisters of the Poor who now the Little Sisters are not going to pay for a plan that covers birth control. Is the person at the Little Sisters of the Poor working there forced by the government to do anything? A serious question, Joe. Are they forced Mm -hmm. to do anything? No. Can you think of anything? No. Well, I mean, seriously, I'm not like messing around with you. I mean, try, try to play the liberal for a second. Oh. What is the employee at, at the Little Sisters of the Poor who wants birth control, right? Yeah. But now doesn't have an insurance plan that gives birth control, but may cover any, all the other stuff that are that's mm-hmm. required by current law. Mm-hmm. What is that employee being forced by government power to do? Oh, good at themselves. That, 
Nothing. They're, yeah, exactly. Nothing. There's nothing. Yeah. But you by saying get it themselves, that's not force. Like that's a choice. You can see what I'm oh, saying? Okay. Like, yeah. Okay. There's no there. No one's being forced under penalty of law to do anything except the little sisters of the poor. Oh, this okay. is not an access question. Yes. Yeah, the, 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 the employee still has access to birth control. Go to the doctor, pay for it out of pocket, go to Medicaid, go to Medicare. If you're whatever it may. Well, you probably would need it on Medicare. Mm-hmm. But you see my point. You get government subsidies. There's a million different ways to access it. The only person being forced under penalty of law. Government force is unidirectional here. It goes one mm-hmm. way. It only impacts the little sisters of the poor who are now subject to a, were subject to federal restrictions. And potentially, if if this was, um, if the government really wanted to go full bore with this, to you know, law breaking violations where mm-hmm. they could be subject at some point in the future, if this were to be codified to, by criminal penalties, mm. if it were to be codified into criminal law, there's the government force continuum only works one way. This is not an access issue. That is logical nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. I only bring this up because this is the left's love affair with force, folks. I keep telling you Mm. all the time. They try to downplay constantly this idea that government force is a threat because they don't think the government force is going to impact them. But when it comes to arguments like the Kentucky court clerk who wouldn't sign the marriage license, the question of who is on the receiving end of government force, it is only the conservatives. There were other options for people in that Kentucky courthouse. You can argue all you want. She was a government employee, whatever it may be. No one was subjected to government force, and in her case, the Kentucky court clerk arrest, other than her. Mm-hmm. If you are an employee at the Little Sisters of the Poor that wants birth control, you will never suffer the negative ramifications of government force. Only the Little Sisters of the Poor will. That's our problem with it. How do you not get that? Mm-hmm. We fear government force more than anything, and you should do. Sooner or later, it's going to turn on you. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Sorry about the long-winded intro there, but I really I, you know, I have a lot of young listeners, and uh, sometimes if they hear it from someone uh, else, maybe they'll listen. But take care of yourself, man. You will pay for it when you get older. Thanks to everyone who signed up for my email list at Bongino.com. Uh, go there today. There's a big button. Subscribe. And uh, thanks for all the reviews on iTunes for the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'll see you on tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen.